Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, I mean, at Detail Supply App. If you are uh, wanting to get in touch direct, and especially with what we're going to talk about today, and you've got questions about how if you want to be a detailer that also sells products, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub. And I'm continuing my journey uh, through hard seltzers. And uh, tonight, I'm drinking the Sonic hard seltzer. The most, uh, I think, uh, anticipated seltzer once seltzers started coming out, because if any of you have been through the Midwest, Sonic dominates drinks, and there's nothing better than running through a Sonic and grabbing, I mean, first it was cherry limeades as a kid, but my favorite nonstop is the strawberry limeade, Easy Ice, and uh, that's, that's my go-to, but, you know, ocean water, all the different flavors they have. Uh, I have absolutely always been a Sonic fan. There's no doubt that you can grab a Sonic, uh, any kind of mixed mixed cup of anything, throw in a little whatever else you want, and uh, and it makes for a really really great drink. So I had a lot of high hopes when uh, when they came out with these because I was thinking flavor of Sonic mixed with alcohol. Well, hey, we've already done that. This is going to be awesome. But uh, I am so far. Uh, oh, for two, but, <laughs> uh, I did the, the, what was that blue, the ocean water one. That was my first one to try. Cause I was really anticipating it. Horrific. Uh, it tasted extremely fake. Like whatever they use for their flavoring, just, it, it just really, really bad. Um, mango guava. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not good. I got you. It's just brutal. Like, <laughs> let, let me go have a, let me go have my truly again or something. It's just, I don't know what they do with their flavors. It's, it's just horrible. I, I'm just, I don't know. They, uh, to me, they brutally made these and not so great. Brandon, what are you drinking tonight? I got uh, a highball. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's Southern Comfort and ginger ale. My dad made it for me on 4th of July. I liked it. So uh, my wife kind of surprised me. I came home today late from work, and there was SoCo waiting for me to make one. So Boy. Cool. Yeah. Uh, who was it that uh, – oh, it was Mark Brandy. Mark Bandy that uh, on one of the episodes, uh, his mom brought him beer, right? Like, <laughs> I think that was him, right? Somebody brought – you know, and that's always cool when that happens – Nick, way, it looks the like brewery that makes all the IPAs that I'm usually drinking. They're coming out with a seltzer. So I got to find a way to get it to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, the breweries that have come out with seltzer, they've done a good job. There's some local ones here that I was going to grab. Uh, there's some seltzers to me that are really good. They're smooth. They got a nice carbonation. The flavor's cool. You know, everything's great. Uh, the, there's some people though that just have these really weird flavors that they come out with. I'm like, why, why not just keep it normal? You know, like, mm. have you had the seltzer? Or no, no, I've, um, it's in Connecticut, but my neighbor 
son owns the brewery. So whenever he comes back from visiting, he brings me that OJ on parole and the other stuff. But it's out of Connecticut. I think I think Sonic does a good job with their carbonation. I mean, it's smooth. The drink is smooth. It's just their flavoring is just so off. I really expected more from their flavors. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, is Soco a normal one for you? Uh, not typically, no. Uh, my dad made me this drink when I was visiting, and I just enjoyed it. So, but you you don't normally ever drink Soco? No. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Some people that drink it love it. It's a little uh, too sweet. I I guess I haven't experienced it that much. I think I just had like a shot once or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nick, what are you making over there? That looks mighty delicious. You got a big orange and something. Well, we're going to see how tequila and orange and Sprite works. Mm. Hopefully it's going to Kirkland vodka. And Kirkland tequila. Dude, it's actually fire. This whole bottle. 12 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> 12 bucks. You can't beat that. We don't have Kirkland spirits around here. Like we have the Kirkland liquor store, but they don't sell like hard liquors. And that's just depressing. My mom went out of town and she brought back like, two giant bottles of vodka and, and this total of like $30. Like you can't, you can't beat it, dude. You just can't. The vodka is better no, than Tito's. Like, dude. Better than Tito's? What? Who is it's, it? Well, on par. It's a, it's a Costco. Costco, yeah. Some of the, Costco. I know there's only one. There's only one store near me that sells it. And same thing. It's like I gotta go to like out of out of my town to get it. And it's yeah. Same thing. Twelve, 12 bucks for that handle. You're like, wait a minute. And it's I think it's made by a couple of the big companies. Yeah, yeah. Like the the, the Costco vodka is like the Costco vodka is seventeen ninety nine for one point seven five liters. Oh, so, sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, Nick, you know what else looks amazing? Show off your apron, man. Look yeah, dude. Whoa, Brandon hooked you up. Uh, Brandon. Yes, he did. Yeah. Cooking with Nick apron. That is awesome. Absolutely. All right, Nick. So it looks like we're driving over next week, uh, Thursday. We start the journey over to okay. Tennessee. Be there Thursday night. And I think we're leaving on Sunday. It's either Sunday or Monday. I'm not sure. So works out perfect. I have off. Uh, I, I requested. Uh, I requested PTO for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I, that whole time I'll probably be at the lake. Um, my cousin's got some other stuff going on there too, so I'll be there for that regardless as well. Um, but yeah, let's meet up. I don't, I don't know where you know. Maybe at the marina, at one of the marinas or something. I don't know where, but we'll figure something out. Either at, either. at a lake house, a marina. You've never been in Tim's Ford? No, no, never been. It's pretty chill. Yeah. I like it. These relatives, uh, they used to come over. So we always do a, uh, uh, my dad's side of the family, we always go to a place by Hot Springs, Arkansas. There's a lake there. Uh, called Lake Washita. And it was, I think, I think my, I think the story is the cabins that we stay in was the, the place that my parents celebrated their first anniversary. And Ooh. so for like the past 20, about 25 years, we've gone back every year for like a family reunion and different relatives will come in, but the relatives out of Tennessee stopped coming in uh, a good, a good eight, 10 years ago. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen them. And so this year they're like, Hey, you guys come up and visit us at our lake house. We're like, sure, let's do it. So that's if what I can get do. permission 
from my aunt to get you over to the dock in our lake house, I'll make you something. Like, we got a, a, a fridge stocked full of liquor. It's, it's all yours if you'd like it. Um, Truly's and beer, whatever. Um, but if I can get you over to the lake house, then heck definitely. yeah, let's do it. Definitely. Yeah. Come over, cook something up, grab a beer. For definitely. Sure. Cody, you drink anything tonight? Drinking a Bud Light Lime going light tonight. Yeah, I'm a fan of Bud Light Lime, though. They're pretty like tasty. It. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I liked a little bit better in that when they used to have the Michelob Ultra Lime Cactus, those, I liked them over the Bud Light Lime. But then they came out with the infusions and took it away, and I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I thought it was the best uh, of the lime beers. but I don't think I ever tried it, so I don't know. These are it's been a couple. It's been a couple years. I mean, it. It's that that infusion's been out for probably three or four years. So, yeah. Derek, what about you? Um, I have a one hundred percent gluten free um, IPA called uh, Bumper Hops from this brewery near my brother's house. Called it's uh, from the called Departed Souls. So he keeps bugging me. I've never been to the brewery, but it's. it's it's in like the downtown area by his house. And he was like, Oh, Derek, everything's gluten free. You got to try it. And I'm, I'm in like South, South Jersey right now for, I'm in for my uh, job. I'm in a hotel this week. And uh, I'm like, why is this here? This is not even close, but it's good. It's pretty good. Uh, what do you taste? All, all hops. It's like really like this, the first, but it's it starts out real hoppy and then it kind of goes away real smooth, which is a little different. I, I might try to see if you can get me something. It's pretty good. Uh, it's probably similar to this. I got my last of the King Sue's. Uh, oh, they had that at the store too. I saw the the Tyrannosaurus. Oh, they did. Yeah, you should yeah. grab it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should grab it. It's a it's a it's a good beer, Toppling Goliath. Uh, so I'm gonna <laughs> after I finish. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be my uh chaser i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that double ipa as my chaser for the uh sonic hard seltzer <laughs> marty when you i saw you at the the cider i'm looking at the thing going like sonic sells i didn't know they did hard cider i was like sonic like the same same place that's kind of cool but i'm sad it sucks there it is what it is you guys got sonic up there we yeah, we finally do now. We have. I remember when I was younger, we used to drive all the way out to Pennsylvania to go to the only close one, and then finally now there's like three or four near us. Um, but I, I have had the uh, like the limeade you were talking about. It's pretty good. But do they have any other flavors of the hard cider? Or is it just that one so far? No, they got they got quite a few flavors, and maybe they just that's the problem. Maybe they stretched themselves too far in flavors and didn't go uh, deep enough into quality. I'm not sure. But it's interesting. So uh, Sonic for me goes back also to as a mobile detailer, you know, I've shared the story that when I looked at my equipment, I tried to use it for everything that I could. So, you know, early morning, we'd be up uh, cleaning out restaurants because you, you generally didn't do those at night. So I would I figured out how to go into the back of restaurants and clean surface clean and clean off all their stuff from, you know, grease traps and all that different stuff. And then landed one Sonic deal, which landed into I think at one time we were cleaning six or seven of them uh, and those you wouldn't do until they would close. Uh, if you could get with the manager the right way and they weren't busy enough at 11 o'clock, you could start at 11, but sometimes you'd have to start after midnight. And one time I had a, you know, a single axle trailer, but I was the guy that put the 500 gallon water tank 
on a single axle trailer. And I would always fill up my water tank at the restaurant that I cleaned or at the Sonic or whatever. And one morning at like 1.30, I'm driving down the highway and pop goes my tire. I, I don't know how I made it. I really don't. I swerved all over. I, I don't know how my little Toyota Tacoma didn't side with the, the, the water moving and just roll. I, I don't know. But somehow I was able to slow nut down enough to, to get over the side of the road. And I'm doing this the whole time, just bouncing back and forth. It was crazy, but I survived. I survived barely. <laughs> uh, Mikey B, what's happening, man? Are you drinking tonight? I am. I got, it's called Cans for Kit. Well, stupid background. Um, it's a fundraiser for a police canine that got shot at the beginning of June. So I think um, the town I live in, we're working on a memorial for them. So I don't normally like IPAs, but I like dogs and I like cops. So I pick some up and it's not bad. I can drink it. So you have a dog yourself? I actually, the same day he got shot, I had to put my dog down. So um, I would. I had to deal with the same emergency vet that he was at. So that was nice. It was a blast. Every canine in the state was there. The officer, it was insane. So yeah, it was, it's, um, Easter, my dog got cancer and it was in his kidney and it turned out to be, um, blood cell cancer. So, but I was able to be with him when I had to do it, which I wouldn't have been able to at Easter. So that's all that matters. Yeah, definitely, man. We're we're about to go through that ourselves. Is my old eleven uh, here in July? He turned eleven. Uh, old bulldog. I mean, bulldogs generally. My last bulldog only lasted eight and a half. So eleven is very old for a bulldog. And I thought we were, you know, he he trends downward. You know, I've shared the story recently. I mean, I came home and I mean, he was projectile vomiting. And uh, I thought, you know, hey, I, I, my girls weren't home then. And I sent them a message. He might not make it through the weekend. You know, I, it was pretty yep. bad, but uh, turned himself around. He's kicking, especially now that the girls are home. I mean, we walk in and he jumps around like he's a spring chicken. Like, I mean, he's happy as can be with the girls here and his spirits are up. And, you know, we'll see. I, he's a weird dog, though, man. I mean, he he bites me. He he growls at me. He's, you know, he's peed today. He pees all over the place. You know, it's, he's going downhill. So, you know, it's only yeah. a matter of really weeks to months before we go through that process. Yeah. I was actually kind of surprised when I originally went through it because I had a pit bull and I was like, oh, 12 years, 12 years. He was eight. Mm. And I was like, wow. But it is what it is. Yeah, this is what it is. All right, let's jump into our topic tonight. Uh, and, and let me just share a little bit of background on why I chose the topic. There's no doubt, you know, Brandon, as you and I have talked, Derek, I think you and I have talked about it. Uh, it's a it's a growing trend in the industry for detailers to begin selling products. And uh, I found when we started looking at it, uh, I went, hmm, you know what? Let's have a Q&A. Let's, let's go over that. Because when I look around the industry of ownership in uh, chemical companies, there are very few chemical companies that are owned by detailers. Uh, in 2002, I started detailing. My journey was in, in 2006, opened up a car wash, 2008, joined a car wash chain, uh, was responsible for growing a chain of 10 car washes, 
but it folded. Um, and so in 2010, I had $4,000 in my account. I had uh, a wife and two small little children and threw my money into chemicals and uh, out of my garage began to try and sell products. At the same time, I would be out detailing cars, uh, growing it from the reason why that I pushed so heavy on growing a maintenance style business was because that is how we survived, right? I did not push when I was doing this part of my journey, I didn't push heavy anything other than I wanted to be there uh, weekly. We're going to do a maintenance cleaning and I could guarantee almost every month I would have enough money so that we could survive, right? Because it took me six plus months to get my very first account. Now, the product that I had in the garage, I began to flip, right? Local car washes, detailers, anybody that would buy product from me, uh, I would give them a deal. I would help them out. Anything to get the product out of my garage and into their hands was what I was trying to do. But in order to survive, uh, built a maintenance style mobile detailing business at the same time of trying to begin the process of learning how to sell a product versus selling a service. And so I've said this over and over, it's a very different style being able to sell a product versus selling a service. So, you know, I, I find that it would be great. Let's, let's dive into some Q and a, uh, because from 2010, as we began to grow 2016, we released coatings, uh, interesting, which is really fun. Uh, people have been starting to reach out. I guess there's a Facebook group that is uh, run by a, uh, well, a multi-level company, and they are now starting to say, oh, hey, don't do single layer applications. Hey, don't do single layers. And a lot of the verbiage is stuff that I've been saying for five years now. And so it's interesting how we are beginning to have a dramatic impact in the industry. The way I've seen coatings over the years generally is because of the way I started the maintenance style. And I always believe in daily drivers, servicing daily drivers, helping them with a one, two and three year option. And uh, so in 16, that's when I began starting that. The podcast started in 17. And as we begin to grow into a nationally known company, uh, all on the backs of still, right? We still do maintenance style detailing for the customers that some of them started with us in 2002 and three. And then in 2010, when we started going again, heavy into the maintenance style, uh, that those groups are still with us. So, you know, we still service maintenance style detailing as well as sell products. And as we continue to grow, it's been a lot of fun. Alex, man, good to see you both, Alex's. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, Alex Russell, how'd the birthday bash go with, uh, with our boy, Jason Bruno? Uh, well, it wasn't really a birthday bash. We were just doing a, a what's on your mind topic episode. Um, Bruno, Bruno bailed out like 20 minutes in. I don't know where he went. That's why he jumped in here. I figured maybe he jumped over here more to a, to a better birthday bash style party episode. And no, so I he, came, he, I, I came he in denied, here looking for him. He denied my invite because he said that you guys are doing something, but he uh, did yeah. preface before that that his wife was planning some stuff for him. So maybe that's what he was doing. Maybe he had to hop off because she was. Uh, yeah, she was I don't. I don't know. He told me um, that they were doing something tomorrow, but he had been 
sitting around all day celebrating if you know what i mean so mm -hmm. who knows he, yeah. he, was, he well, was probably out of it you know there's times he's jumped off a of phone calls for me because he goes hey my wife's in the shower looking at me so i gotta go yeah. so maybe that was the celebration for tonight who you know, knows I'm, I, he, normally if he bails out of a podcast he'll shoot me a message like hey man you know this or that and i didn't get a message from him so it's it's all good he uh he uh he normally just kind of sits in the background anyway sometimes so that's all cool. fun and games well thanks yeah. appreciate you hopping on appreciate yeah, you hopping yeah. on no no problem uh you've probably heard the the growing trend too you know detailers beginning to sell product uh, and it there's there's a yeah. lot of it that really makes sense you know there's some debate that goes back and forth you know should should a detailer give a customer a product instead of using their service right that's right. that's a question we've asked right you yeah. know should you should you offer a customer something for them to clean their own car instead of coming to you for the service is one of the big questions that we've asked uh, from an entrepreneurial business style. I understand, like I said a, a minute ago, you know, we have always, you know, since 2010 launching the uh, chemical business, we've always done both servicing customers with products and then a complete different customer base servicing them with our service of mobile detailing. So let's dive into some of that theory. And I want to start with, you know, the struggles for me that I had trying to understand the difference of selling a product versus selling a service because in the service, right, we're offering ourselves. And that's, that's really what happens when we look at somebody We're we're offering our quality, what we believe that we can do for them to help clean their car. And we have should generally have something to hand out, something to show them, something to verify on social, you know, hey, this is our quality. This is what I do as a person. And I'm selling myself really more than I'm selling anything else. When it comes to a product, Brandon, I'm sure you've heard from car shows as I stopped going to car shows, but some people love car shows. Uh, I had a real hard time going into car shows. So I want to pick your brain. Uh, Car shows for me, those customers did not want me as a detailer to show or talk to them about their quality of their paint and what they were using. I found that when I was there talking to them, they were using anything that they could get off of, you know, a part store, off of Walmart or whatever. And that's what they believed in. And that's great. I never downplayed or dogged their product. But as soon as I ever said anything about service or product I was using, they flipped off and they changed. Is that something you've experienced, Brandon? Because I know you're heavy into car shows and you said you've done really well at car shows. So walk us through what you're doing at car shows. Yeah, I actually, um, I find the opposite true around here. Uh, car shows, I never had a lot of success as a detailer because most of them are DIY guys or weekend warriors. But the product side is I've found success with. And what I've done at a lot of them, um, I'll do another one here soon. I would do a presentation. So the first one I used, I used Green Clean. And I showed them how you can do it as a rinseless wash, how you can use it as a waterless wash, and how versatile the product is. And demonstrating it, I would go through how I do it. And they would all ask questions. And then everyone was buying the bottles. Um, another car show. I, they saw me working. I do some work for a Porsche dealership. They were had cars at the show and I was cleaning them for them. 
I was using the same products and people would come up, what are you using? What are you doing this with? And they would buy it. And then other people would come up and be like, there's this guy using this bottle. I don't know what it is. Can I, can I get some? Like, and it would just spread. Um, but people at car show seem to talk to me more about the product than they do about my service. Okay, cool. Yeah. You, you did a much better job than me. I never made it to the actual demo. I, I never even got that far with it. Like I said, it just, I never have been a huge car guy. I never have enjoyed car shows personally. So it just was a bad spot for me. So that, thank you for sharing. Cause that's, I, I knew you had had some success in it. Uh, Derek, have you gone to car shows or have you done anything car show wise? Um, I have a, it's fun. I do a lot of cars for people that have been in car shows. Um, but I have, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I every time I go to the car shows, my, I don't know if it's just, because you know because the details i'll start looking at the paint and stuff and just be cringing at some of the stuff i see um but i have seen like you said the guys pulling up walmart stuff that they bought at walmart like the mcguire's like instant detailer and stuff and they're wiping the cars down the middle of the sun and stuff getting streaks over um and i'll wear my shirts and stuff but i never i always found like you were like brandon was saying a lot of guys don't want to take care of their stuff themselves and then occasionally i'll have people but um i've never sold products that show the fraud and i i kind of stopped going to them um uh, like uh, a couple times, I'll go with my buddy with them to see their cars at the show and stuff. But I'm into cars; so I like to see everything. It's just cool seeing every, all the cool cars and stuff. But I don't really—I haven't sold products yet at the shows. Yeah, I, and so you know, I didn't go that direction because I just personally haven't enjoyed car shows myself, right? And I've, I've never—I've never been around that scene. Um, and so, if that's something that somebody is familiar with that would be a, a really great opportunity to go in. There's no doubt that uh, Adams, right? As he grew, he was massive in car shows. And I know some of the cruise nights around here, uh, even his distributors, I guess it was just part of their mandate. You know, the distributors would be at car shows with the big Adams truck. So car shows are definitely a good opportunity. I went a little bit of a different direction in more of the, uh, B2B, right? So when you start selling a product, there's what's called business to customer, right? B2C, that would be somebody that, like Brandon's saying, you, you demo the product for them and it's a customer that's going to go use it on their own car. Or you can sell products to another business and that's what's called B2B. And in the B2B world, it's going to be different than the B2C world. The B2B world, well, they want something with a lot more quantity um, you, you could say that they want something quality too, but I, that would say that, you know, the B2Cers don't really care about quality and I'm not going to say that, right? I mean, most of your businesses are going to care also on the quality, but they're going to want quantity and they're going to want that quantity at a really great rate. So, uh, I went in as a distributor, uh, as I brought in the products to my, uh, garage, was a lot of Eagle One because at that point in time, uh, Carbright, who had bought out, and I'd started using Carbright as a mobile detailer because a local company here, Fine Airport Parking, they had a lot of Carbright products, and the owner, Mike Fine, said, hey, come buy some Carbright from us. So I was buying it as a mobile detailer. It made sense. There was a gentleman named Ronnie Laporte, still a good friend of mine uh, out of uh, Denver now. He, well, he's with a company now called High Tech. And so, well, when he was with Carbright, 
he was the guy that got me in to distribution. There was another gentleman named Jordan Jolivet that we said in a meeting, he looked at me and he said that I needed to do a $40,000 vehicle buy another big, massive chunk of product. And it was going to cost me about 90 grand to get into the business. And if I didn't do it, he looked at me and told me I would never succeed. So a couple of years ago when I ran into him at, uh, I think it was the ICA show or it might've been at mobile tech. I can't remember. I took a picture with him. Didn't remind him of his comments. Didn't do anything. I just said, you know, Hey Jordan, how's it going? Can I take a picture with you? Because I just wanted to lock it in. Like, not that I've arrived or made it by any means, but he's a guy that told me I would never make it. So, you know, B2B, you've got to generally do a lot more of a bigger investment the way most people want you to do. Um, that's, you know, that's the heavy part about getting a big vehicle, whether that's a, you know, traditional box truck or, uh, you know, I sold out of a Ranger. That was my very first vehicle to start selling out of. It had green clean stickers all over it. And, uh, I went around selling product uh, with a, uh, a little black Ford Ranger that had green clean stickers all over it. And I did everything I could to, to move drums. And finally, when I was driving down to Oklahoma City, moving drums of product to car washes, I had four drums in, this, in a small little Ford Ranger going uh, about 80 miles an hour down the highway. And I was doing this again. As that liquid would start moving, I started moving and I went, okay. I'd landed a couple car washes. I was starting to move a little bit of product and I went, it might be time to invest in an actual full-size truck. And so I bought, uh, I bought the Nissan Titan, which I still have today. I think it's got about 240,000 miles on it. And uh, as gas prices skyrocketed in 11 and 12, I converted it over to CNG with a buddy of mine. And I was buying uh, gas at 80 cents to a dollar per gallon equivalent. Uh, and that's about the only way I survived rolling around the state of Oklahoma trying to sell I guess you could say at wholesale, right? You're, you're selling drums of product or five gallon cubes of product versus small, you know, spray bottles or small gallons. So as, as the company, you know, my company grew, you can understand then why I stayed in that lane because that's just how I developed. I, I went with the B2B style. So my first dealership that I landed is still my current customer. And I landed that dealership only on the fact that I knew what a product would do. I sat in front of a guy named Wes Trammell, who was the service manager of Jackie Cooper Nissan. For those of you that had met uh, Cass, Derek, I think you met Cass Morgan. I'm sorry, not Morgan, but uh, you met Cass. Uh, he, uh, he became a service manager later and he came to mobile tech with us and he's been on the pub. Anybody that has questions about how a dealership is run, uh, Cass would be a really great guy to pick his brain. He still works at that dealership, but he's back in the parts department. And um, I said in West Trammell's office uh, for about my third visit. And, and here's the thing too. I, I had the very big privy of meeting a gentleman who, um, left Valvoline, but at that time, Carbright also was owned and had partnerships with Valvoline. They were owned by Valvoline. And so I got to partner with him because he worked for Valvoline. I went around trying to work with Valvoline inside dealerships and then sell, um, sell the product to, uh, you know, sell Carbright to him. And, um, 
Wes had me down and he was having a problem with his, uh, his wax. He was using a shake-up wax. Anybody remember shake-up waxes where they would separate, you would have a like kind of a cream top to it and then a very liquidy uh, solvent-based product down at the bottom. And he wasn't getting good protection and his cars looked bad, right? So, right, Brandon, you've been at dealers, you've been, I'm sorry, you've been at car shows where their cars look bad and generally they don't want to hear about it. Well, a dealership does want to hear about their cars looking bad. And so I was able to tell him, okay, you want to know what to use? You need to use, and this was what was called sleek and it was a dark car polish. So on his dark cars, I suggested he use sleek and I was encouraging him to fill those scratches with sleek because it could get off his lot and it would be gone. That's what they were looking for. It wasn't for me as a detailer telling me he's got to do paint correction, right? It was for me to offer the product that would meet his need. So I landed the account because I gave him a sample of sleek and then I gave him a sample of what is now what people call AIOs, right? All in ones. Back then it was called a cleaner wax. Cleaner waxes would do great on white vehicles. So the dealership needed to clean up their vehicles. Great. There's a cleaner wax for your light vehicles. There's a dark car glaze polish for your dark cars. And that, when I came back the next week, he goes, you were right. How do we do this? And I landed my first account based on knowledge of, as a detailer, of knowing what products would work for what, you know, what specific need that the customer had. Uh, anybody else had any similar situations, you know, where you, yeah, go ahead, Brandon, where you, you knew what product, you knew how to do it because you detailed. And this is the part of being a detailer of selling a product that should, right? It should elevate our game to be able to sell a product if we know history being a detailer of how to use it. Yeah, I, I feel like every sale I've had so far with the product was because of my knowledge. Um, I haven't even had to force the sale. People are coming to me because I've built my reputation and name. So people are, have years been asking me what to use. How do I do this? How do I do that? And I would recommend them to like someone like you or a product to buy at the store that might work. So similar scenarios right now my i have a dealership that has 14 different dealerships in it they're asking me to train their guys and a lot of their stuff that are isn't working i know what will work so i'm actually going to present that to them just like you did to try to land those accounts for i already have them for my service but i'd like to land them for product um but almost everyone i've been doing details for have been buying something off me because the knowledge of what, how it can improve the issues they're having in between me coming to them and them just maintaining the vehicle in between. Okay, so let's, let's dive into that for a second because like, like I've previously said a second ago, I mean, we've said from the podcast and Nick has said it, I've said it, you know, it's a big question of why a detailer would wanna give a customer a product instead of using the service. So walk us through why you did that and what the customers are saying and, and how's that going for you? Uh, my biggest thing was actually listening to your podcast. Uh, Masterson said something on one of them. He said, I talk to detailers all the time. Uh, why aren't you selling your customer's product? They're asking you what to use. And a little light bulb pick went off in my head. I've been telling them to go here and there. Why can't I be that guy? And 
no matter how much they use me as a service, a lot of my clients don't want to do it, but they still need products for rather like cleaning their windshield if it's dirty, little things like that, that they that are in between services that they may need wiping something that got on their leather seat or their cloth seat, uh, a stain on the rugs, stupid little things like that, that they're not going to call you for. They just want to take care of quick. They go and open their um, garage. They open all the cabinets. All you see is McGuire's chemical guys. Like every one of our customers, I'm sure everyone will agree, has detailing products in their garages. So why can't I be the one offering them that? They're still going to use me. If anything, they're going to respect me more because I'm showing them how to use a product. And if they don't want to use it, they're going to come to the guy who showed it to them. So, I mean, I didn't see an issue with it, but maybe there is one that I'm not seeing, but I haven't found an issue with it. And, and I think our, you know, our big, you know, months ago when we started really hearing about it and you're right, you know, as, as, uh, as Greg put that out and, and has said it regularly over, you know, episodes with him was just the idea that, Hey, why would somebody sell something instead of selling their service? So that, that like this one, I'm glad you, I, I wanted you to express what you've, you know, firsthand, uh, what you've experienced. Derek, as you've, you've began to sell some products, what have you experienced from customers? Um, a lot of, a lot of my customers are more like the uh, enthusiasts or like, you know, some of the DIYers, they don't want to do the paint correction or the coatings, but they'd rather wash their car, clean their wheels and keep up on the maintenance. Um, so like uh, Brandon was saying, a lot of them were, I'd, I'd get to their house and uh, one of my customers, he's got a Jeep um, SRT, the SRT8 one, and he opened up the garage. And he's got a whole row of just Adams products. And like, you know, he's got more stuff than me. And I'm just like, holy crap, this guy's all this stuff. And um, like Brandon said, occasionally they would text me going, like, oh, I'm trying to get this clean. Like, what do I, what do I use? And like, I was always recommending like all this other stuff to them or sending them Amazon links or sending them something. And uh, that's when I was like, you know what, like maybe I should just get some stuff. Like I don't, I don't go too crazy. And uh, now it's um, uh, luckily a couple of them are pretty local to me. So if they want anything, I'll, I'll either bring it to the house or I'm, um, I, sh- I shipped a couple, but it's uh, me and Brandon were talking the other night. Shipping's getting a little expensive. So a lot of times I've just been driving them, driving them over or something if I'm in the area, but I have, I that thing you talked about with Nick, I think that's what, uh, not Nick, uh, yeah, Nick from uh, Masterson. That's what, Greg. that's what hit me. Greg, sorry. That's what, um, I, that episode too, like Brandon was saying, I was just like, no, that's when I was just like, that makes so much sense, but I've always wanted to do it. And the deep, one of the detail shops near me, he told me I could do it, but he just, he just said, yeah, I can do it. But then that was the end of the conversation. So I just figured, you know what, I'll do it myself. Right. Alex, have you, uh, have you experimented with it? Have you thought about it? Do you have any issues, any concerns, hopes? What's your thoughts? My hope is that they keep their clean, their car as clean as possible for me. Um, I I think if I were going to lose a client because they wanted to do it themselves, it's going to be very, very few and very rare. Um, Most people have no interest. I don't know what's wrong with us that we do have the interest in doing it sometimes. Um, but I, I do sell products here and there. Um, like sealants. I, I, you know, I use a ceramic based spray sealant on every like basic package. So they always ask me what, what I'm applying and if I can get them some. So I started selling that. Um, then I started selling window cleaners and, and stuff like that. Um, like, like he was saying, just so they can keep up with it, you know, especially in the winter windshields get disgusting. 
um, you know, stains and carpets, stuff that they can get out themselves before it sets and becomes a bigger problem. Okay, that's good. But, and so why, what, was there a certain point that somebody said something enough that you decided to do it? Or, you know, walk us through that moment of when you decided to go ahead and start. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for different types of passive income that I can have. Um, and it's a, it kind of made sense. Like you go to, you know, AutoZone and you're, you're dealing with people that don't really know what they're talking about. Like they're, they're putting information in the computer, giving you the part that the computer tells them. People hate that. People talk crap about, you know, that kind of uh, scenario all the time. Um, being detailers and being experienced with all these products that we use, it should be an easy sale. And it typically is. If they're looking for a product, they, they don't question price. They just say, yeah, get, get me whatever I need. Um, and hopefully by winter, I'm going to be moving into a shop. Um, I'm going to keep mobile. I don't have any plans of getting rid of mobile. And if I had to pick one or the other, it would be mobile. Um, but I, I do want to have a, a small showroom um, so I can sell product as well. Because I even, even my, my competition, I don't mean that in like a disrespectful way to them, but I, I don't. I don't, I don't necessarily think we're working against each other. I'm not trying to steal their clients. They're not trying to steal mine. Um, anybody in the area could call me and say, Hey, you know, I need this product. Do you have any? And if I have it, I'll give it to them. Um, so if I can sell to them too and sell them good products, then I'm happy to do that as well. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Brandon, uh, what's your thoughts? Cause uh, interesting as, as you've gotten, further into your business and as you continue to grow despite your uh, your guys being a little bit tardy to work and uh, uh, having some issues uh, you know your company continues to grow and it's been impressive to see it is that something that's ever crossed your mind or you've just staying in your lane or well, what's your thoughts we're talking about selling chemicals sorry I kind of jumped in on the tail end of it um yeah I mean I've talked to you about maybe doing a <clears throat> DIY bucket or something because I mean, I have no intentions of making my own chemicals at all. Um, that's something I do not care anything about. But, um, you know, I always have people that get like a full detail or something, then they claim that they'll be able to keep it up from here. And they always ask me what to go get. So, I mean, if I can have a bucket or something to say, hey, here's what I use, you know, you can, I'll sell you this for X amount of dollars. And this is everything that I use. All right. Yeah. And, and you're right. You did say that. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, just like I mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we do have some transition inside our company, but the way I started was all into that larger quantity, right? You know, that was the point was five gallons, 55 gallons, 30 gallons. That's just the way I got started as a company. Um, but you know, as, as the industry continues to grow into this direction. Yeah. I mean, we have people that I know some people have reached out even here on the pub of, you know, could they private label our product? And we have people that buy HyperClean the way it is because they can't get, they literally cannot get product at the cost that we're able to sell it. Even from other people, uh, you know, we can send out a five gallon equivalent of product for 25 bucks. You, you, that's unheard of. So, you know, it, uh, it is an opportunity and we do have people that will buy HyperClean our ultra concentrate line and then make it up and then they'll sell it out of bottles to their customers. We do have that. Brandon, what's up? 
I just have a question. Um, the private label thing, I, if you find a company that makes a great product and you truly believe in it, I don't see an issue with it. So I'm just kind of curious why it's such a sensitive issue. Um, like the, the other night, I literally was just asking a question because they worked with a company that's very prestigious. So you would think it's a good thing. And it seemed like they got uh, pretty offensive about it. And I noticed that's not just them. That's all over Facebook. It's all over social media between making your own product or working with another company making it. Why is that such a sensitive issue if it's a good company? I don't. Yeah, it's a great question. It was such a good question that uh, on Monday, that was Nick and I's episode. We dove into that actual question and we referenced you on the community pub. It, I saw not- that Derek was talking to me. We were talking over the phone. He's like, did you see the, po- uh, the podcast? I'm like, not yet. And the next day I got to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, we don't know either. Like that was, if you heard Nick kept going, I'm not sure what the big deal is. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just some people like to swing their dicks. I think like, you know, <laughs> but as I stated in that episode, and I'll state it now, right? I mean, I've been in and helped companies merge products that one company makes, this company's private labeling, and they both call themselves manufacturers. So there's no doubt that throughout the industry, even the large, big, quote unquote, manufacturers don't actually manufacture all their products. And then we dove into the idea of, well, what is manufacturing, right? Like, you know, so it, it, I don't know. I don't know why people have such a big hang up on it. I guess because uh, they don't want to be associated with somebody like an Adams, you know, that didn't, right? There was no concept that somebody made their own product or you've got, you've got these new companies that started what just last year, a year and a half ago that suddenly have this full line of product. And then people go into the group forums and go, Hey, this bottle of coating looks exactly like this bottle, but it's a different company. Right. I mean, we see that all over the place. There was, I think Joey C love put into his, his, some of his groups that he's in. He's like, I'm going to destroy somebody's coating business because this product here is exactly like this one. And I, I guess brands just don't want to be associated with it. They didn't come up with the formula. I guess I'm not sure. I mean, I, I've always just been open. Like I, I'm not a chemist. There's no way that I could, you know, go through, but you say that it's not, it can't be that much different than brewing beer. Right. I mean, if you get the actual raw product and you begin to put it together you can come up with it. Now we're updating some of our products and we're working with a company that's going to sell us a solvent to fix some of the things that we want to do. And they're going to sell us a foaming agent to help foam up. Right. Uh, Derek, uh, this was one I talked to you about our hyper clean wheel. Um, the, 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 the negative feedback that we get from it is that you spray it and you you don't know that there's anything on there because it, there's no foam to it. There's no, any, you know, you, it works great. So yeah. we're working with a company that we can buy a raw foaming agent to put into it so that it foams now, you know, so that makes us a manufacturer 
because we're buying a raw product and mixing it with the raw product? I, you know, where does that go? Because we didn't manufacture the foaming agent. So are we not a manufacturer? That's sort of the, you know, that's sort of the question. Why do these big brands manufacture everything, but they don't. They look like nobody throughout the industry ever manufactures their complete line. It doesn't happen. Well, and you know, if you talk to any detailer, any business, they all use a product by some company. And if it's a good company, they represent that. So I'm a certified installer with a certain company. I represent it because it's a great company. Um, I represent that I use your products right on my website because it's a great product, great company. Um, so I don't see, if we all do it, I don't see why it's so sensitive unless you're using a bad product or something. I don't understand it. And it might be the next thing in our industry where that kind of gets exposed and gets alleviated, maybe from this right here, where detailers begin to sell their own products, you know, or sell another brand's products. I'm not sure. Oh, Thank you. Uh, Nick, show off your apron because Brandon's here. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Brandon from Tim's Mobile Detailer, no doubt, man, the absolute best apron. Thank you so much. This for is cooking with so Nick. much better. This is so much better than I could have ever imagined. Like, dude, this is killer. I really, dude, I can't thank you enough. This is incredible. But also, it is time anyway. So. Yeah, let's see the food. Orange you went shrimp. With, yeah, orange, orange, what'd you call it? Orange shrimp? Yep. Basically orange chicken, you know, like Panda Express has orange chicken and whatever. This is orange shrimp. Shrimp with the orange glaze. Um. It's pretty complex, so I won't exactly get into it. You basically fry shrimp. Um, I fry it in the skillet uh, with a homemade orange sauce. You, you fry the shrimp, set it aside, then, then cook an orange sauce in it, like in the skillet, um, and then toss the shrimp in that. Add rice, added broccoli, and then we have that. Yeah. Garnish Nicely with done. fresh I chives and sesame seed. And that's it. I was gonna try and attempt a uh, an orange chicken to uh, show uh, an alternative, but uh, I, I was a little bit late picking up my daughters. We had some stuff we were dealing with today that really got me off of my track. Um, tough, tough stuff to deal with, but uh, is what it is. And uh, it was a little late picking up my daughters and. Uh, I didn't get to uh, pop open. I was going to pop open a bag of orange chicken from Trader Joe's. Ah. I love Trader Joe's. Uh, hey, me too. Orange we got chicken one here now, is great. And Nick, I, I broke it yet. I, I, I popped a cherry on my apron and my Blackstone today, too. So made some yeah. smash on the, on the Blackstone. Yeah. I've been meaning to get a Blackstone soon. Marty, I do got a question. You go to car shows and stuff, or really anybody. Um, what what kind of products are you guys seeing sold at car shows? I, I, I'm very frequent at car shows. I go to several of them. I exhibit my cars in several of them. And 90% of the people I see there pull out that typical maroon bottle of Meguiar's quick detailer and scrub down their car and scratch the hell out of it. I've seen a few people with fancier cars say, here's $100 to whatever distributor is there. Go wipe down my car. And usually the distributors I see are offering I'm not going to lie, pretty bottom tier stuff. Pretty, I haven't seen any high end things. The highest end I've ever seen 
is a, a like a guy in Knoxville. I was at a Knoxville show, and they were offering or they were advertising their their uh, SV three line of coatings. That's the highest end I've seen. The rest of the companies just are, are just basically stuff like you know easy, quick detailers, and they'll have a hundred bottles set out, and maybe ten people might come by and, and buy a bottle. Yeah, uh, I would think, yeah, I would definitely say Quick Detailer in the past has been one of the biggest movers at car shows. I'm like you. That's what I've seen. With Slick coming out and the new technology behind Slick and a silica, true silica spray, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we see, we see you know, a very mass mover, and we're, we're moving heavy in that direction. It will be one of our greatest products. Uh, so... You know, that's something that, you know, will definitely open up to people to get to use to, you know, under our distribution program to be able to sell. Uh, Derek, I mentioned to you and some other people that have followed, uh, you know, Green Clean is going through an evolution itself. And uh, it will be now changed to Eco One. And uh, we are infusing Slick into Green Clean. And if you've watched some of the videos that I've done, wow. I mean, it's just amazing. Virtually, again, zero streaks, and it puts down a silica protection straight onto the paint while you wash it. Listen, we think that's going to be a massive mover, too. Brandon, what have you seen of some of your shows? Uh, exactly what I said before. Um, exactly what Nick was just saying. <laughs> it's, 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 it's solves their issues because they are scratching the hell out of their cars trying to make them look shiny green clean is the perfect product for people like that it really is um because if they come up to you and they ask what products i could have 30 products in front of me and watching them clean their cars the one they need is green clean um so that's usually what i show them okay cool a lot of people at car shows too uh, plastic car shows they'll take those little duster things and like dust over their cars in the morning and i'm like you're just scratching the absolute piss out of that car and yeah if you could sell <laughs> i always thought like why don't you not have a waterless wash out here to, to that's help what i do every time like I, I do a whole rinseless wash i'll bring i have a whole setup like down to the teeth i'll bring a you know bucket a couple gallons of water some o and r a sprayer whole shebang and I'll do a full rinseless wash right in the middle of that convention center every time. And every single time I do it, you know, I got I got a CC-105 in the paint. So as soon as I spray on that, that O&R mixture, it bees like crazy. So as soon as I start going, two or three people will come up. Oh, my God, he's doing a whole wash. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, I got the bucket out. I got the gallons of water, everything. Oh, my God, he's, do he's doing a whole wash right in the middle of the room. Yeah, I don't want to scratch my paint, man. No, I've never seen that kind of thing before. What are you using? And then it goes off into, into the whole shebang and whatever. I wish more people would do that, though. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a special uh, uh, welcome and shout out to, we haven't said it because we've been at a bunch of different talks, but uh, Chase, you see a Chase Cole that hopped in. Chase is actually a, a customer of mine that we've we've been friends and customers for Geez, uh, when I first started down at uh, getting a car wash in Norman, that would have been like 2013, I think, something like that, maybe 2012. It was 2012 because it was actually about a, a couple months before my wife left. 
uh, she kept seeing checks come in uh, from car washes and dealerships and didn't understand that there was actually product that you actually also had to pay from those checks that came in and uh, it created a massive uh, issue. Uh, she jumped out, was no longer wanting to be in the uh, chemical business. <laughs> it is a tough business to be in. Um, Chase, man, thanks for hopping in. I don't know if you can hear us. I can hear you, bud. Yeah, appreciate y'all letting me come in. Yeah, I yeah, think man. it was about 2012. Yeah, how's the, uh, how's the car wash there in Bixby going? You guys have transitioned from an express to a full-serve wash, which created a lot of questions when they were, we were all looking at it, but it seems to have been the best move for you guys. Uh, talk us about uh, what you guys do at the car wash. Um, yeah, we uh, renovated it. Uh, went from um, went more of a to a flex operation. We got about five lanes we can run full service in. I mean, our you know since all the car washes popped up on Memorial, yeah, our car count has gone down. But I mean, our full service is just blowing up. I mean, it's gaining every month. Every month is just going up. Our detail department, since I took over, I mean, I mean, we're detail wasn't like something that we really focused on, but you know, we were pushing about like you know, five thousand a month. I mean, that was like you know when we were really actually you know thought we were doing something. Now that we're actually trying, getting out there, and we're getting these guys trained up. You know, probably pushing them close to about nine, ten thousand now, and that's you know that's that's a, on a really good month, but you know a lot of our time is dedicated to more of the full service now. And it, it is taking off, especially since, you know, Mr. Clean's uh, closing down. And, but, you know, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's something new that, you know, Bigsby's kind of still getting, getting used to and, but people are starting to take notice though. So let me ask you this, Chase, because it's just interesting as we got a bunch of detailers and you have a good uh, history in detailing and cleaning cars to a very good high quality level. How do you associate, and this is completely off topic than what we were going to talk about, but uh, since you hopped on, man, I got to ask the question. How do you handle when detailers don't say that people should go through car washes because they're going to scratch the car? Oh. Man, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough one, honestly. I mean, uh, man, I mean, I, I always, man, I don't want to ever try like, to tell somebody to don't do something. I mean, of course, yeah, I mean, I wanted to educate the customer, but at the end of the day, it's the customer's vehicle. They're going to do what they want to do with it. I mean, you're going to have a person that's going to want to take care of it, and you're going to have other people who just, they just, you know, they see a speck of dirt on it, they're going to want to get, get it touched up. I mean, yeah. I don't have a problem with detailers telling people that, but I mean, like I said, you want to educate your customer as best you can, you know, just give them as much knowledge as you can, and, you know, at the end of the day, let them make that decision, but you know, you know, if a customer is putting like ceramics on something like that, uh, you know, definitely, you know, you want to educate them, you know, to, you know, not be going through, you know, so, you know, tunnels and things of that nature. That's just my personal opinion about it. But, you know, y'all know, I know y'all know a lot about more of that than I would, but so I'm on my ears are open to learn a little bit more tonight about that. Well, so Chase, the interesting part is uh, there it's actually, there's not a lot known about it because few ceramic companies have ever worked around car washes. And so what's been interesting as ceramic companies began to grow, they would tell people not to go through car washes. We're about the only 
I know Simon eyes, uh, they say it's okay. There's a couple others, but for the most part, there's only about two or three ceramic coating companies that will allow. There's many multi-layer companies that void your warranty. You paid a warranty, but if you go through a car wash, your warranty is voided. Um, the cool part is I got a, uh, a message the other day from a lady named D. She's a detailer out of Colorado Springs. And uh, I'll be posting these videos. She came into our training in 2018. And one of her first cars that she coded after our training, certified training, uh, she got back. She'd only seen it a couple times and she just got it back three and a half years later. Plenty of product, plenty of coating still working. The car didn't have a single bit of etching didn't have any environmental contamination. The gloss was still there. Everything about the car showed that it was protected and it had hydrophobics. Now the customer had gone around the region, right? So it's been through here in Oklahoma, Kansas, gone all over and had gone through car washes and the customer enjoyed the process of having a coated vehicle and still going through car washes. So we are completely okay with customers going through car washes and we have documented proof that it's our product tray will still last for three years, our dose and our Uno with people still going through car washes. I've never had a problem with people going through car washes because I have owned and been around and then worked with you and other people inside the car washes. Chase, you guys care about cars. You care about the quality of a car that's coming out. You care about the amount of product that goes on to put onto the car, foaming agents and lubrication. You guys care that those cars come out clean and that you guys don't do damage, correct? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, that's one of our top priorities, you know, ensuring the customer gets a good product and a quality product, you know. We're trying to, you know, trying to give them something that where, you know, they know to come back because they know they're going to receive a good product. And yeah, I mean, I actually did a YWAX today. We did a YWAX today on a complete detail. And I mean, the customer, you know, she was younger, the girl, she was younger, but whenever she pulled it, it was on a Buick Enclave actually. And man, you know, when we got it out there into the sun, dude, it was just shining. And she was telling us like, you know, I'd never seen it shine like that before. And, you know, I just, it's good to see, you know, good to see. And, you know, we told her, you know, the property, you know, be sure, you know, you get inside, you know, we need to, you know, 24 hours, you know, and, you know, she was just really excited about that, you know, and it is good to see, you know, that our attention to detail, you know, put, you know, you know, the right amount of product, things like that nature. It's good that it pays off like that, especially for my younger detailers. Yeah. Chase, man, I can't say thank you enough for hopping on. It's good to hear from you. And thanks for coming on. Let's uh let's go into Derek. I think it's time the tab out question of the night. So Chase, th this is uh you know as as you and I right. So this is a fun part about Chase and I, uh because we've known each other now nine years. Uh, we spent some drunk nights together. <laughs> uh, there was uh one of the funnest nights for me, Chase. I'm gonna go ahead and uh and throw out the story of. You know, years ago, as the Oklahoma City Thunder began to grow, uh, we had some amazing players and we were making runs at championships and we were doing really well. I had uh, half season tickets and there was a game that you uh, you and I attended together and uh, and we had a lot of fun at the game. 
but uh, but then we also have had fun in Dallas. We've had fun drinking there. Uh, after that uh, Thunder game, there was a lot of drinking. Uh, you know, it just is what it is. We've had a really great time together. Um, as you and I have been at bars or you've been at bars, you've known that there's been somebody at the tab out time when it's time to close down and those lights come up. It's always a fucking weird ass dude asking some random question. That guy for us tonight is Derek Jones from DJD detailing. Derek, what's the tab out question of the night? All right, guys, here we go. So you've been kidnapped. What TV cast would you want to come save you? Oh, oh, okay. So I know everybody likes to dive into circumstances and this and that. So anything about the kidnapping we need to know, you know, is it, where were we kidnapped? How were we kidnapped? No, the van pulled up, got through you in the back. You're kidnapped. You know, you're duct taped. You can't see nothing. And you're like, you know what? There's got to be some TV show cast. The whole cast has to come save you. Like, who could it be? Like, it's whoever you got, whoever you want that. I will preface it. It could be a uh, live action or cartoon. Oh, so cartoons are available. I got mine. Okay. What is it, Cody? I would have Rick and Morty come and save me. <laughs> right, why why yeah, Rick and Morty? <laughs> it's quick and easy. They're, they're going to know how to do everything. They're going to portal in and the whole family can be there. Beth, Jerry, uh, all them they portal in they'll just laser gun all the bad guys and pop me right out of there and we're good to go <laughs> on to another adventure cool man nicely done all right nick as you're feeding your face i'm sure that that shrimp's unbelievable uh who's saving you when you get kidnapped i'm gonna choose the cast of avatar the last airbender it's a show i've been, I've been watching since i was a kid i rewatch it like every year like, imagine seeing that, like, you're just, like, in the back of a trunk, you're kidnapped, you're blindfolded, you're whatever, and you just hear, like, earth and fire and water and air just, like, whooshing all around you, and it's, you get out, and it's just, like, four kids. Just, like, four or five kids. Just, like, yeah, we saved your ass and, like, killed everybody around you, like. Mm. Nice. Mm. All right, Something Brandon from Shawshank. Got to be the Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> yes. The Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, good one, good one. All right, Dave. What about you? If uh, if you're kidnapped, who's gonna save you? The A team. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> nice the A team. <laughs> How many of you guys actually watch the A team? I know yeah. you did, Marty. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. That van was legendary. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Uh, Derek, since you asked the question, what about you? Man, the only reason I included cartoons is because I was going to say that I had the Thundercats come save me. Thundercats. Oh. Oh, Lionel Lion cut, cut the thing open with the Thunder Sword, and then I jumped in the back of the Thunder Tank, and we're, we're out. Like, so. That, I don't know why. I just thought it was fun. I, I used to like Thundercats. I don't know. The second, the third season was terrible, but the first two, great. Nice, nice. All right, Brandon from Tim's. The X Men, of Ooh. course. Nineties cartoon. 
Damn, I forgot about the X-Men. <laughs> cool. Good good call. Good call. All right, Chase. Man, I I don't know. That guy the guy stole my idea about the A team because they have that big ass van and I'm a big ass dude. So I mean it would be easy for me to get in that van, but maybe the golden girls though, man. I mean, all three of them came and got me. It'd be like going home with grandma. <laughs> You you almost took mine. I thought when you said like I thought you were gonna take mine. Uh, mine's Charlie Angels. Like, why would you not yeah. want to get rescued by those beauties? Like, that is mine all the way. Let them but, come but, rescue me, and let's go back to your lair. Here we but go. But Marty, but Marty, the older eighteen, the older Charlie Angel, the newer one. Uh, I, I don't know. When was the newer one? What what? Did uh, you- I think it was like in the early 2000s, like Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu. Yeah. And- yes, those. Yeah, those. Those, those, those. That's right. There was a Charlie's Angels from way, way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really watch those, though. I mean, that was before my time. I think yeah, it was I early 70s, I would guess, or even if it was in the 70s. So I was born in 78, but we didn't have cable all growing up. Uh who was it I talked to? Was that you, Brandon? We talked about that? Like, because uh, you asked me yeah. if I'd watched it. What show did you ask if I watched? The Masters of the Universe. The uh, He-Man. Oh, He-Man. <laughs> yeah. They're coming out of a new Netflix show. The Power of Grayskull. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I only got to watch that when I would visit my grandmother in Stillwater, but it wasn't at her place. I had to sneak over to the neighbor across the street. And uh, I would go play with my friend and uh, I would go over there and we would watch uh, that. And then, so it was interesting about my family. My grandfather, uh, they all grew up in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where OSU's at. He went through high school, college, undefeated as a wrestler. So he's a four-time national champion at OSU. And then he went to the 36 Berlin Olympics and he went all the way to the gold medal round and he only lost because he pinned the guy the wrong way. So he pinned him on, you know, collegiate level, but that was not Olympic level. And so he got disqualified. So his only loss in his entire career was 36 uh, Olympic. And that was, uh, we've got pictures, which is cool. I was showing my daughters a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you got, I think it was the, the bronze medalist was, uh, he was hailing Hitler in the photo right i mean this was also the olympics that jesse james won his uh, gold medals so there was a very big olympics uh he pinned the guy the wrong way and got silver his only loss in his career and uh we were not ever allowed to watch wwf and those international rules in wrestling are strange yeah very strange uh yeah. and it was strange that we couldn't watch entertainment wrestling simply because my grandfather was the pure wrestler and my mom never would let me watch it. So I would sneak over to his house, the guy across the street and uh, we would watch wrestling and we would watch, uh, you know, the different cartoons that I wasn't ever get to watch because the only thing we could watch, uh, you know, we'd wake up and you'd go turn these dials. You had UHF and you had VHF, I think was the two. And if you could get the rabbit ears the right way, you know, Saturday morning, you could watch the Smurfs and you could watch a couple of things until mom woke up and, you know, then it was, you were off. So, well, 
guys, thanks so much. Fun discussion. You know, we'll definitely probably be diving this more and more as uh, the trend continues to grow, which we're definitely open to the idea. And if anybody wants to talk about it, we're happy to continue. Like we said, there's plenty of people that are private labeling since we're the only company that can send out an ultra concentrate at such a great rate. Plenty of people are taking that ultra concentrate and blending it up themselves to put out their own products. We, we have literally across the country, multiple people do it. So anybody wants to talk about that, shoot us a message, 918-800-1188. And as we continue to put out products more in that smaller size, as the industry continues to tell us they don't want to just use five gallons, hey, as the industry continues to tell us that, we're, we're adapting also. So uh, guys, thanks so much, uh, Nick. We'll see you next week. Your apron looks good. The food looked awesome. And uh, Brandon, thanks for all your input. Dave, man, it was great to see you. We didn't hear from you from, but since the beginning, uh, uh, but thank you as always for hopping on. Derek, as always, thank you. Good question. Ch Cody, thank you very much. Uh, Brandon, always great to see you. And Chase, thanks for hopping on tonight, man. Really appreciate that. So uh, you guys have a great week. We'll see you all next week. Okay, oh, yeah. you too. Yeah, thanks, Good night, Marty. guys. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Marty. See you guys. Much for listening to that episode. And if you got any value out of it, hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that. You know, five star, one star. Hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community. Ooh. <sighs>